0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. My name is Scott Cowan, and I'm the host of the show. Each episode, I have a conversation with an interesting guest who is living in or from Washington State. These are casual conversations with real and interesting people. I think you're going to like the show. So let's jump right in with today's guest. Well, welcome back to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. I'm joined today by Emily Ritchie. Emily has been on the show before. She is the executive director for the Northwest Cider Association. So, Emily, I don't know who convinced you and pushed you into coming back a second time, but I thank them. And welcome back to the show. <laughs>
1: thank you so much for having me, Scott.
0: So, we talked, I think, in 2021 is when I, I was kind of going back through the, uh, uh, the archives flying. there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a while. And, you know, I can't believe you don't remember every conversation we had, but anyway, and also, I kid, one of the things that I wanted to ask you before we jump into kind of like what the, the, the bulk of the topic is, is approximately at that time, there was about 70 cider makers in Washington state at that time, mm-hmm. putting you on the spot. You didn't know this was coming as of today in June of 2023. Approximately how many cider makers are in Washington state now?
1: That's a good question. I, you know, it's hard to count because there are no, there's no license that just uh, goes for cider. Like mm-hmm. you can get a winery license you get a brewery license, a distiller's license. What do you get for cider? You get a winery license. Right. And so if, if I go to the Washington liquor board and I want to know how many cideries there are, I have to dig through a list of wineries basically. Right. Um. And so I would say there's probably about 70 to 80, you know, so, there's definitely more folks starting cideries okay. um, and more other alcohol producers, wineries, breweries, distillers getting into cider because they see the category growth. The right. last year cider in Washington state locally made cider has grown 30%. So lots of folks are seeing that and thinking, oh, I'd like to ferment some apples also.
0: So you're saying that in the last year, cider growth in Washington state's 30% of locally locally produced in Washington state cider. That's what
1: I'm saying. It's
0: a big number. This episode is going to kill me because, you know, we're all about Washington state, but you and I are going to actually talk about some things that are happening in Oregon kid, I kid, but <laughs> as far as your organization goes, if we, if we expand that out to your whole organization's area, what sort of numbers are we looking at for, for cider growth?
1: Oh, for sales it in Oregon and Washington, it's both about 30% increase. Okay. Um, and then you get to Idaho and Montana, the numbers shift a little bit. Idaho has actually been faster growth, but that's, it started at a, as a smaller number. Right. Um, so yeah, we're seeing sales of locally made cider really catapult the last year. Okay. Um, folks are coming out of the pandemic a lot stronger. I'm not saying that means profit is there,
0: no, no, but just...
1: sales growth is really strong.
0: All right. So to kind of go back to where we started in 21 and catch us up to today, what other trends have you noticed post pandemic insider?
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I'm seeing a lot of imperial ciders hitting the market, which is accounting for a lot of that growth.
0: Can you? Can I interrupt you and ask you to uh, define what an imperial I was just cider is? Thinking,
1: what the heck does imperial mean? Um, I think the term kind of stems from the beer world, you know, an imperial pale ale. What the heck is an imperial cider? Usually, the way I use it, it means a higher alcohol. So okay. over 8% or so. Cider is usually... I don't know, five to seven and a half percent mm-hmm. based on how apples ferment. Um, you know, how much sugar is in the apple to, for the yeast to eat and make cider. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you can play with that. You can add other sugars, you know, whether it's white sugar or honey or, or something to bump the alcohol content. Mm-hmm. And um, people seem to be very excited about that. And that is selling like hotcakes.
0: I I will say that my current go-to cider is an Imperial cider. So it's like, yeah, Um, not, not because of the higher alcohol content. It just happens to have that. Okay.
1: Why is that for you? Is that the flavor you like?
0: I like, you know, I tend to, I'm, I'm one of those. I I enjoy ciders, but I do tend to skew towards the sweeter ciders. I don't appreciate the drier ciders as much. And so this, this Imperial cider that I like, um, is a little on the sweeter side. I see. And, yeah. I, and, you know and so it's what, got kind of a, it's a hot day in Wenatchee. I'll crack a cider instead of, you know, cracking a cold beer, I crack, I crack a cider. And, and it's that same sort of refresh refreshment to me where I don't find dry ciders to be as refreshing for some reason. That's just just my palate. Yeah, sure. That... Well,
1: for those of us who do like dry ciders also, I'm also seeing a lot more single varietal ciders on mm-hmm. the market, which means people are fermenting just one apple type. Right. And it's really fascinating to see what apple varieties come out with a beautiful, well-rounded um, uh, drink of choice. It's right. really fun because you get really nerdy about the apple types.
0: Right. And and I try those and I, en- I enjoy them and, you know, <sighs> I enjoy them to like in sampling like oh this is interesting would I make it my go-to to have a beverage no but t- testing wise taste you know tasting and because t- it's all about the you know it's all about research right this is all just research it's German. all just research, just yeah. research yeah. Um, <laughs> all right so you're noticing imperials you're noticing some single varietals let's go th- let's go negative for a second and, and by negative what I mean is do you, are you noticing any trends that have stopped Like, have we moved away from things?
1: Oh, sure. I'm kind of sad about um, hopped ciders, actually. Um, I'm definitely seeing fewer and fewer hopped ciders on the market. And I think because it's kind of a confusing concept, usually when we see hops in a beverage, it's beer and it's bitter because hops are cooked, Mm -hmm. but hops are flowers and cideries don't cook cider. You, you make it like wine, you have juice and you add yeast and it ferments just at a cool temperature. Right. And so when you add hops to that cool temperature ferment process or post-ferment, um, the characteristics that come out of a hop can be really floral or citrusy or fruity. Mm-hmm. And so often when I taste a hop cider, it will be like a a Sauvignon Blanc or or you know like a, a fruitier white wine in that way and I, I just it's funny it just doesn't sell well I and so I see less and less of that on the market which okay. you know is I think is kind of a a sad uh, loss but we'll we'll find other wonderful flavors that people like to buy
0: now when i think of cider you know and to me the 800 pound apple is the apple but you know there's there's obviously perries and we're making ciders with other fruits and all of that mm-hmm. are you noticing any other areas of growth i mean are you seeing pears increasing are they holding their own uh,
1: i am seeing pears increase but um uh, it the it's starting at a really small number. So any kind of increase is is also really small, right. mostly because pear trees grow very slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the phrase is you plant pears for your heirs. Uh, <laughs> usually okay. you need like a, a generation for a pear tree to mature. Mm-hmm. And so if someone's planting peri pears, which are, um, varieties of pears that are intended for fermentation, not necessarily eating. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there'll be these, when they're ripe, they're these hard little disgusting creatures that you probably want to just throw at your friends in the street. Uh, (laughs) And you definitely don't want to bite into them because they're so tannic. You like, you bite into it and it's like biting into a totally green banana. And you just want to spit that out. That makes a damn good perry. And those trees are gonna be a while before we have very many in the ground and actually mature enough to produce pears to make beautiful peary in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. So um, I am seeing a little bit more of that on the market. Um, and people are finding, you know, wild seedlings. You know, a, a lot of folks plant uh, pears to um, pollinate their orchards. And so maybe they're, they planted Ones that actually aren't very good for eating, but they're great for fermenting. People are aware of that, and they're finding those, and okay. they're making a little bit more perry. And it, perry makes this beautiful, floral, fruity drink that, um, for those of us who love to nerd about nerd out about what they drink, perry is pretty awesome.
0: Right. All right. The last question, looking forward and to the present. Um, what have you noticed? And this this may be a little off. I'm noticing. More ciders in cans, oh, less, sure. less ciders in glass, more ciders mm-hmm. in cans. I, I think a lot of the reasons for that is, you know, portability, weight mm-hmm. for shipping, things like that. But I seem to remember now, and, and now I'm going to state this while we're recording and, and I may be completely wrong and you will correct me. Um, <laughs> nice, politely, kindly. Sure. You don't, want, you, you don't <laughs> want me to cry. Um, but I seem to remember that cider and cans, cider and can didn't go real well together. There was, it just, it impacted the flavor of the cider. And I think there's been some advancements in can technology, if you will.
1: Absolutely. Okay. You remember you remember correctly, early on when cider was going into cans, can liners had really been developed and specialized for beer, which is a lower acidity. The pH is different on beer compared to cider. And so um, folks were finding when they put a higher acid beverage in a can, it was kind of melting the liner and it was making a terrible taste. And um, it it was not good for anyone, whether it was the producer or the the drinker. And um, the canning companies There are only a few companies in the world who make cans. They have, they are very aware of that now, and there's, uh, they have fixed that. And uh, there's a lot of cider in cans now, and it's not melting the liners.
0: So they've, they've, they've modified the recipe for the liner that will handle a higher pH. The ciders not as impacted because the idea of of cider in a can. I mean, you can take it floating the river you can take it hiking you can pack it back out a lot easier than you can glass Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a little more convenient to carry around and if we're being completely transparent it's a whole lot easier to get a can on the shelf at the grocery store than it is a bottle
1: yeah and it's a cheaper package type also right (laughs) buying glass is more expensive and so the producer can pass that you know dollar saving on or whatnot to to the drinker it's It's definitely
0: a win. So now that we have caught up with the, you know, the state of Northwest cider in the last couple of years since we talked.
1: Yeah. That's the whole summary right there.
0: That's the whole summary. There's nothing else that's changed in cider. We have covered a hundred percent of it, (laughs) but that's not completely true because I think I'd like to think that at my urging and I'm a hundred percent responsible for this, (laughs) that the, what used to be called the Portland International Cider Cup has been renamed.
1: <laughs> just for the Washingtonians, we have renamed it. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> um, to the <laughs> to the Northwest Cider Cup.
1: Yes, we have renamed it for our tenth annual. It just in time.
0: Okay, so let's talk Northwest Cider Cup because that's that's kind of the big the big topic of. For our uh, our conversation today,
1: yeah, big- I didn't
0: realize it was the tenth annual, so big, I'm no, no, where's the
1: birthday cake, man? <sighs> um,
0: yeah, the cake's in the mail. <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs> it's in the mail. I got lost.
0: <laughs> so, why don't you walk us through what is going on with the, the with the, the cider cup this year? Yes. And uh, well, let's talk all things Northwest Cider.
1: Yes, Northwest Cider Cup. So, yeah, the reason I'll give you a little background. Uh, a decade ago, the reason it was called the Portland International Cider Cup, it was kind of a, a just like a funny little name that a few producers gave to a competition that they created in Portland and hosted in Portland. But it was for cideries in the Pacific Northwest at all times. And the very first winner, I believe, was a, a Canadian. Um, because our region is Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, and British Columbia. Mm -hmm. And I say our region, it's the Northwest Cider Association. Right. Um, and so they threw in the word international there and, and it happened to be won by a, a BC producer, um, and uh, and then the name stuck and it kept going. But the the reason those producers got together was they they were disappointed by competition systems. There are a lot of competitions out there for beverages that basically give out participation awards. Right, you enter, you get a medal or a certificate or a write up in a magazine or something, and you've basically paid for some media or you know some kudos to yourself. Right. They were like, you know, when we think competition, we actually want to know if our cider was the best and we want a competition that's actually going to judge us. Okay. And for the association, we took it over a few, a few years later. Um, we saw a huge value in the friendliness of this competition in raising all ships with the rising tide, right? Mm-hmm. If we can encourage everyone to make better and better cider every year, then it's good for everyone. The category Mm -hmm. is, is stronger. Our reputation is stronger. And so we put a lot of emphasis into a educating the judges. The judges are always coming from industry in some sense. They're either cider producers, not judging their own cider, Mm -hmm. but cider producers in the industry or winemakers or maybe they work in a tangential industry. They're like coffee judges, cheese judges. There are plenty of uh, what I like to call gatekeepers, whether they're from um, media and sample a lot of wine or beer regularly, or um, they're bartenders and are constantly thinking about what, what drinks they might be uh, beverage buyers. So they're folks that have a trained palate already. Mm -hmm. And then we, make them sit through another two hours of training to really understand the categories we've set up and what to look for when they're looking for exceptional cider. Mm -hmm. We don't want them to just be searching for like a flaw or like an okay cider. We want to be picking the very best. And every year we get more and more entries. We had almost 300 entries this year, 279. Wow. And we're not increasing the number of medals necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so the competition gets stronger and stronger and it's harder and harder to win a medal. I think last year it was maybe 24% of the cideries won medals. And this year only 19% of the entrants won medals. Okay. So right. this is not a participation award setup. This is a competition looking for the very best. And all those judges are also writing notes to each product um or to the maker of each product to say what they thought and so on the back end it's really helpful for the makers. They get to hear what a judge thought. They're like, "Oh, you know, the tannins on this were too strong or, you know, the you said this is a post fermentation fruit addition, but I didn't taste any fruit." you know, other than the apple, you know, just, let's just be clear on what you're telling the drinker what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really helpful for our series to get that feedback. And then also to win medals, it actually means something. It's an absolute honor to, to be picked out of, uh, you know, some entries have 30 to 50 ciders in mm-hmm. them. And, and we're only going to give three medals at at most gold, silver, and bronze.
0: Okay. So you mentioned categories. So what categories do you currently judge on?
1: Um, Yeah, there are a lot. So I'm not going to list all of them, but the, the basis this year, this year was very different. We just spent a lot of time thinking through how to talk about cider, right? It can be confusing you, you walk up to a bar and you're like, I know I want red or white wine or I know I want uh, you know, an IPA or a Pilsner. Mm-hmm. But right now the language around cider can be really confusing. And sweetness level, as you were saying earlier is a really great way of being able to explain what you want. Mm-hmm. No, I want a dry cider or I want sweet. I would say the majority of people who walk up to the bar are not like you. They say they want dry. Mm -hmm.
0: No, I, yeah.
1: But they don't actually mean that I used to sell cider and I would give them bone dry with tannins and they were like, oh, that's disgusting. That's not what I wanted. What they're trying to say is I don't want cloyingly sweet. You know, I don't want that cider that was made with apple juice concentrate and then rehydrated with water. And then they added apple flavor and it tastes like a candy. They're saying, I want something in between really dry and that. Right. And it's hard to explain that. So (laughs) with categories for competition, we're not going to just say like, whether it's dry or sweet we're getting more nerdy mm-hmm. and we're we're going beyond that and hopefully the language we're talking about in this competition um will you know will go forth into the community at some point and people will have a better language you know like with beer and wine people know so much more they can order uh they can talk about whether they want a chardonnay that's oaked or unoaked you mm-hmm. know things like that and that's way beyond i just want a white wine right so we're are in our style categories, or style guidelines for cider, that's what we've developed. And what we're really focusing in on is the the tannins in the cider. So um that's that dryness that you get from a green banana. Mm-hmm. And it, does it have high tannin, low tannin? And then um acid is really important mm-hmm. um, because if you have, uh, let's say high tannin but it's also sweet it might be really well balanced same with high acid and some sweetness again it's really balanced mm-hmm. but if you just have one of those three things acid tannin sweetness and it then it's not balanced and that's where people are like i don't want a sweet cider right you don't want it cloying you want it to be balanced with some acid or some tannin right and then we also talk about single varietal ciders Mm -hmm. we're judging those like there's some apples out there that are made with um uh, that are actually red inside
0: Mm -hmm. yes
1: you cut into them and it's incredible you open that flesh and it's a pink freaking apple Mm -hmm. that comes from a lineage of apples from kazakhstan originally that's actually where all apples come from and um, Wenatchee actually has quite a few red flesh apples that are yep, grown. We in.
0: do a lot of the growers are bringing that in. It's
1: so cool. <sighs> we yeah, actually have a category for red fleshed apples. Yeah,
0: we're we're noticing when I talk to uh, when I talk to orchard owners, it's interesting to listen to what they're what they're you know what they're. As they're rotating their trees out, if you will, you know what they're what they're not bringing in versus what they are bringing in. Um, a lot of the red flesh stuff is coming very popular. The Cosmic Crisp, which is a great eating apple, um, it's becoming you know it's it's becoming the Red Delicious apple of, of choice for orchard growers. You know, um, and then the new I can't, the number escapes me. The new one that WSU just released uh, publicly. Uh, 64 or whatever it's a yeah they've got a new apple out that's a another hybrid that they just launched uh
1: oh you're more hip to the, the
0: yeah new apple, well I live right? in Wenatchee and 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 I <laughs> talk <laughs> to orchard it. I talk to orchard owners um it's just in, it, but it's interesting because that the red flesh thing has become um I don't want to say trendy but it's it, it's becoming more prevalent yeah. um because it's it's a good it creates a good fruit for lots of things. So for lots okay. of
1: things. And when it's fermented, it usually actually has different apple characteristics than, um, apples with white flesh or whatever right. you want to call it, yellow right. flesh. And, um, you'll get these notes of like maybe cranberry and raspberry and whatnot. So we've actually put those in a separate category. If okay. folks have used red fleshed apples, um, the, the cider usually tastes different. So we want to mm-hmm. judge like with like. The mm-hmm. Same with um, fruits. We try and judge like with like, it, you know, stone fruits together instead of trying to judge like a cherry cider next to a, a pineapple cider. Mm-hmm. Um, same if it's got botanicals in it or it's spiced. Uh, we actually had a new category this year for low alcohol or alcohol removed because that's definitely a trend we're seeing. Oh,
0: interesting. Okay.
1: Um, and then also dessert, uh, ciders, like basically fortified, maybe they're ma- made, um, like the French pommeau, which is, um, brandy plus apple juice or cider, um, or vermouths are really fun. I'm seeing more of those. So those were all judged together too. Interesting. Yeah. So it, this, this year we really went above and beyond in, in breaking down the categories in a new way trying to be more clear with our producers about language and hopefully that will trickle out to the rest of the community and right. your listeners are the the first really to have that language right. um and hopefully you know if, if anyone's coming to the cider summit um this weekend it's the in portland sorry it's in oregon well
0: unfortunately i'm gonna interrupt you because this will release after that so
1: I know it's going to be this weekend. Oh, the twenty third.
0: Oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> mm. I'm, on. I'm with Ignore you. On
1: schedule. <laughs> <laughs> um We we're actually going to do. We'll have a booth there where we can taste a high tannin cider next to a low tannin cider, and that's you can very cool. Out with us. It will be really fun. We may do it again in Seattle um, when the cider summit goes to Seattle in September as well.
0: Okay, so you, I knew I had a conflict on my schedule. Um, okay. I had to, I had to check to see if I could go to Portland. Um, You
1: have to um, hold your breath when you come to Portland.
0: (laughs) I, uh, I could, I'll, I'll share uh, off, off off mic. I'll share my, my last, my latest Portland story. It was actually frighteningly funny. So (laughs) the organization is, is really working hard to bring language to help the consumer order. Yes. Things that are better fit for their, their palate, wherever their palate may be at that time. That's, that's lovely because. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to kid you, you said, you know, you order a white or a red At some places it's that's all you get is a white wine or a red wine, yeah, you know, it, it, it depends yeah. on which box it comes out of. Um, but, but it, you can go to a wine bar those
1: choices, right? Like right. which cider, you walk up and they're like, do you want a cider? And no one says, do you want a wine? They at least give you two choices. Right. 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 Yeah.
0: And, 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 but, or you can go to a wine bar and have, you know, a myriad of, of choices, depending on, you know, how nerdy you want to get with your, with your, with your tasting you can do yeah. that at, at breweries yeah. and all that. So it's good that this, all right. So I'm going to ask you this question. You had multiple, how you had a lot of categories. What was the category with the most entries?
1: Oh, fruit always is in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. fruit and Ciders is always biggest.
0: That was the biggest one mm-hmm. and approximately how many entries in the fruited cider?
1: Oh, I would have to look at stats that I don't have in front of me, sir.
0: Okay. More than five.
1: Oh, more than five. <laughs> yeah. I would say 30 to 50, something like
0: that. 30 to 50 fruited cider entries. Yeah. Okay.
1: That's my best guess. Put That's on.
0: <laughs> so approximately how many cider makers submitted ciders for judging?
1: Cideres, I would say, uh close to one hundred and fifty. My guess. Wow. Maybe a hundred, wow. something like that. Okay. And then actual ciders that were entered was two hundred and seventy-nine.
0: Right. So two hundred and seven. So basically, if we're, if we're oversimplifying this, every cidery submitted two, two two ciders. I mean, that's how you got to. Th- the basically, I know I'm way oversimplifying it, but
1: yeah, it's way oversimplified because some cideries love to put in 30 entries or whatnot. So it, yeah, again, I, I should have prepared with some numbers for you. That's okay.
0: No, that's okay. So, so, but you still, you had 150, we're just going to, we're going to go with these numbers, folks. It's not necessarily exact. So don't, don't get upset, but 150 <laughs> different cideries submitted something to be judged resulting in almost 300 total entries. Correct. How long did it take to judge all of these?
1: One full day. So we just did the judging June 12th -hmm. and we brought in close to 80 judges. These were all incredible volunteers and they flew in from all over the world We had a cider maker from England. We had folks represented from New York and Virginia and Vermont. Um, Mm -hmm. We had Californians came up. Um, (laughs) um, Canadians came down. It was a really wonderful, beautiful day Mm -hmm. and a great, uh, great, great moment for our staff. Our team worked their butts off to be organized enough and get through 300 entries in a day. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: So walk me through a, an example of how a tasting is handled.
1: Yeah. Um, so uh, first of all, all judging is blind. So um, there's a, a back room where a bottle is poured into a glass mm-hmm. and there then the judge has no idea what they're getting because a steward Again, a volunteer, we had something like 13 stewards all volunteering to be the the person shepherding the cider from the back room to the judge. So they get this glass in front of them. It's, you know, maybe they get a yellow color or some kind of a, a fruit tone, like a pink or something, and they have to sample it. They start with aroma, so they smell it, they look at it, and then they taste it and they're they're looking to find exceptional qualities they're okay. looking to find balance they're also making sure that it's not flawed um you know you don't want a, a cider that tastes like baby diaper for example you know it is actually very hard to make cider it seems very simple you add yeast Um, and you, you, from the yeast does the work, but having made cider myself, it is really hard. I, I am not a cider maker. Mine tasted like armpits. We don't want that to go out into the community. I didn't sell my cider. (laughs) Um, and so if we catch anything like that, we make sure to tell a producer, um, resoundingly I heard from judges they were very impressed with the overall caliber and they they were expecting more flaws that they didn't find, which is awesome. Um
0: I'm sorry, sir, your side here tasted like a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Monty Python skit waiting to happen. I'm sorry. I, oh no yeah. Way. Oh yeah. I will I would interrupt you and share a story. We we interviewed one of the first interviews we ever did on the show, which was with a we had a different host and we went to the cider makers location and the question was well how did you get started in cider and he goes well i was going to wsu and i couldn't afford alcohol so i started making my own and it was awful (laughs) he was just like because i was fermenting it in my closet Mm -hmm. and it was just i was just laughing you know i was like okay so um but even he didn't describe it in quite the terms that you did so um (laughs) all right so they they they, they're checking for 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 aroma for for visual how it looks are we looking for like clarity like not a lot of sediment what are we how does one judge the visual characteristics of a cider
1: yeah well each category they're looking for different visuals sometimes Mm -hmm. um so for example like a, a high tannin cider it might be cloudy um but it usually is clear when it's made in the Northwest. There's not a lot of folks that don't filter their product. Um, usually it's a, a certain color you're looking for. If it's mm-hmm. if it's got tannins, it will be more of a brown color than a yellow color. Okay. Um, you know, amber or gold. So they're they're checking those things. Usually they're not judging them for that. Right. They're They're just making sure it's aligning with expectations. Um, but they are judging on flavor and mouth feel. Mm-hmm. So if it's a high tannin, there should be this medium to full body mouth feel they should feel the tannins in their mouth there should be you know um more flavor than if they were drinking uh you know it's it's there's more going on in your mouth than if you had the yellow banana, right, right. not that green, it's not that a green banana is actually enjoyable, but that's the only way I can kind of explain. No, and I, I, I,
0: I think that's a good way of describing a mouthfeel. I mean,
1: yeah. yeah. When it's in a drink, it's actually pleasant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, if it's balanced. But, you know, you're, if it, if is, they're saying this is a cider made with tannic apples, apples that you bit into. And they're actually not pleasant raw, usually a, a tannic apple. is not, It's not something you're going to find at the grocery store because it's not meant for eating. It's meant for fermenting. But when it's made into cider, it's this beautiful, well-rounded drink. And that's usually, we're saying, if you entered it into this category, that's what we're expecting. Right. And we want to make sure we're judging it on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So it took all day. I have a question so how how much effort was was made to serve the cider's at the best temperature for drinking
1: Oh so much effort okay. Yeah so that's a great question we actually had to rent a refrigerated truck so we <laughs> we held the competition at a hotel and they didn't have a like a walk-in fridge that could take uh, we had two pallets worth of boxes full of cider. Right. So we rented a refrigerated truck that sat in the parking lot and was plugged into the hotel and we shorted their fuse a couple times because they perfect, had speakers, so it's great. Um, but, uh, you know, we made it through, but the ciders needed to start cold in some way, but we would mm-hmm. take them out of the fridge early enough that they weren't freezing cold because you can't actually taste flavor um, if something's too cold. Right, important to have it uh, closer to room temperature to get all of the flavors and and really appreciate it. But again, you don't want it warm. So it is definitely a juggling game and it's really important to be on with the systems.
0: All right. Um, The average judge, how many actual beverages were they sampling?
1: Um, I think we made a rule that they would judge up to 30 in a day.
0: And how much were you pouring for a sample?
1: Um, usually about two ounces, but they could say, you know, they need a re or whatnot, mm-hmm. but they're highly encouraged to spit because mm-hmm. it, there's, it's right. not good to have a drunk judge.
0: <laughs> no, it, it does kind good. of skew the, the the results a little.
1: Yeah. Yes. The, the later later in the day would be more exciting
0: <laughs> did you film this is, you know, is, this, is this, yeah.
1: actually we did we're making a promo video for next year so yes it was okay. filmed. okay
0: well yeah then a drunk judge might well anyway okay <laughs>
1: no, so everyone was professional there was no right no i kid around.
0: i i'm curious though the english judge because the english judges that i've had are, are different than than the ciders I've had from the Northwest. What what can you share, if anything, about what the English judge had to say?
1: This is an interesting question because um England has a lot of traditions in cider, and they're also seeing a revival, much like we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and this particular judge is making cider in a County that didn't normally, uh, didn't necessarily traditionally maintain its cider, uh, culture cider is very regional in England. Mm -hmm. And usually they're using tannic cider apples. They're using things like the Kingston black and the Harry masters Jersey and, um, all these apples that we don't often see, we have to go seek out if we're going to find them in the U S.
0: Um,
1: But he's in a a county called Kent, which actually abuts uh, London. It's not in the West Country. It's not Herefordshire or Somerset. Um, And he's making um, ciders, which to me seem more, I don't know if the word is modern in England versus sticking to traditions. And he said he's using uh, apples that his family orchard has been growing for eating for many years. Okay. Um, and they are apples again, that we don't see like the Cox's orange Pippin. We don't see that very much, but that was actually my grandfather's favorite eating apple. My, my dad's from England. Okay. Um, and so the, the flavors I tried one of his cider end up being similar to what we're seeing. There's okay. more acid in the cider than, than tannin.
0: That's interesting. Cause I was, I was just curious if there was a, um, I can't remember, the, and I'm not a wine person, but there was a movie made about some French wine competition in the early 70s that was won by a California winery, you know, mm-hmm. and it was, yeah. you know, scandalous that the Americans could make good wine. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that the British are like that, but I, I'm just, I, I was just curious if there was a, a degree of, um, and I don't, don't mean to say anything disparaging about this individual neurometheus might be a lovely person probably is a lovely person. you know snobbery though maybe a little pretentiousness um, you
1: know, no i haven't seen that with the british cider makers they've been very welcoming when we go over there or they come here they're mm-hmm. not snobby they're actually they're coming out of a period where cider was just seen as kind of the poor man's drink and a lesser drink i mean my dad grew up and it was just something you got drunk on in high school and then you moved on um, it was not, it was not well regarded. And right. I think they're seeing the organization that's coming out of the U S as a good thing for the okay. cider world in general, and okay. they're embracing it.
0: All right. So can we talk winners?
1: We can talk winners.
0: Let's talk winners. Um, how do you want to do this?
1: Um, I think we should just talk about the best right away. I'm kind right, of like eat your cherry on top first.
0: Let's do know. it. Mm. So, Drum roll, please.
1: Well, you will be really excited because Washington took the home, the best of show. So a little bit of background before I tell you who that is. Um, each category gets uh, a gold medal, right? And then every gold is compared to each other and all of the head judges from the day, each table has a head judge. That helps move the their category along. Okay. They are around a table and sampling all the gold medals. So it's like the golden fruit, the golden red flesh, the golden tannin and peri. So there, it's again, it's uh, it's not like for like in this right time, but they're looking for the very best cider of the. I think gold. We had I don't know maybe twelve golds something like that. Okay. All right. Um, and these are the expert of the expert judges in the room. They picked. Drum roll. Uh, a cider made by Fire Cider in Washington. They're in port towns in Washington. So west of you, mm-hmm. it's their red flushed cider. It's called glow and it's made with the airy red flushed apple. All it's right. a small varietal, just one type of apple and it is gorgeous and beautiful.
0: Okay. That's, that's very exciting. That's, it's that's very dub- exciting. They've I've actually had that. Bigger. I've had that. And it was, it was delicious. So I'm like, that's very cool. It's amazing
1: you say that because it's dry.
0: I know, but I like it and I'm not <laughs> sure where I got to try it at, but I did. So that's, that's, that's extremely exciting and, and all kidding aside, I'm just glad it was Washington. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> well, you know what? The runner up oh. in that round, the second place was also Washington. Okay. You're in luck and from Wenatchee, Yonder Cider took runner up for their barrel aged perry. So this is a high tannin perry and it again is a really beautiful drink. They make a very small batch and I rumor has it they may already be sold out because there's so few perry perries out there.
0: I have not had that one. Uh, that well, is not a Yonder product that I've, I've been able to try. Okay. C- congratulations to Yonder. That's great. Congratulations. All right. I have a feeling that third place is going to be out of Washington State, though. I, you know, just the way you've set this up. <laughs> a kid, a kid. You
1: know, it's funny. We don't actually do a, a third place okay. in, the, in the final round. Okay. We just pick winner and the runner up. <laughs> All right. All right.
0: They're very good. So I do have a question Did you yeah. have a barrel age category?
1: Yes. Okay. But I think it's. Technically called Wood Oaked.
0: Wood Oaked category. I would like to, can we discuss the Wood Oaked category, please?
1: Sure thing. Okay. Um, the Wood Oaked, I'm going to have to scroll now because I okay. have a lot of winners in front of me. Um, while I'm looking for that, I will also tell you to look out for the best new cidery of the year. Okay. Um, because. That is a tie, and one of them is from Washington. Um, empirical Cider. They're on the west side of the mountains, um, and they're they just started in the last year. They're making beautiful cider from some apples they're growing themselves, and some some of their trees are still maturing.
0: Right. And where are they? Where where on the west side of the state? That's not a name I've heard of.
1: I want to say they're near Snohomish. That's oh, a okay. test, though. Someone should Google that and correct me. Okay. So, Wood Oaked, uh, first place was actually Bauman Cider in Oregon.
0: You know, I'm going to bleep um, that out. You know that? I'm you know, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <I've
1: got them. laughs> they um they barrel aged their cider in um, mezcal barrels.
0: Ooh, interesting. Yeah. That's cool.
1: Really cool. I haven't that's, tried that one yet.
0: That's a cool concept, though. I I I could. I could try that okay
1: it's a pretty good one Mm -hmm. all right um they also incidentally won best medium cidery of the year
0: all right please define for for the the audience you know medium what do you mean and so so what's i'm guessing small medium and large
1: small medium and large size wise yeah what's the size of the tanks how many gallons do they produce in the year um and i believe oh gosh uh, I, I don't hesitate to give numbers, but it's between something like 10,000 gallons a year and 250,000 gallons a year.
0: So would I be correct in saying something like shilling would be in the large?
1: Shilling would definitely be in the large. Um, yeah. that's large
0: cider. Titan range. would be in the large.
1: Titan. It's to. Wanna... They're probably close to it.
0: I want to say they're doing almost 200,000 gallons a year now
1: but are they doing over 250?
0: Oh, that's true. They might be. I don't I don't know. Okay. Um so would medium <laughs> would somebody like Union Hill or would Union Hill still be small?
1: I would guess, you know, you'd have to talk to each of these
0: folks, but right. the
1: majority of cideries are small. Right. They're making under 10,000 gallons a year, right. especially if they have their own farm. I mean, Tyatin is is an exception because they have 60 acres of cider apples, which is right. actually the largest in the country. Um, really? I know. There's not a lot of people growing a sizable amount of cider fruit.
0: Um, huh. I would not have. I know if you for... were to, if you would have phrased that in the form of, do you want to make a bet? I would have lost that bet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I interesting.
1: Mean for, for apple growers in Wenatchee, they're like 60 acres. Whatever. Right
0: right uh, apple growers in yakima in the central valley that's that's a that's somebody's you know kids backyard that they're playing in um
1: right and titan has other things they have more acres they're growing but oh yeah actual fruit intended for tannic cider specialty Mm -hmm. fruit it's 60 acres and i had no
0: idea that that would be orchard that's small. That's that's really interesting. Okay. Cideries
1: are generally small, generally very independent, small family farms, and mm-hmm. they might be growing five to 10 acres of cider fruit.
0: Very interesting. Okay. So let me ask you this. Um, once again, you're probably gonna have to scroll if you can answer this one. What was the smallest cidery that submitted something?
1: Ooh. I don't know that because okay. we don't ask them to tell us how many gallons they make. Okay. We okay. just say, you know, are you in the small, medium or large category? We don't okay. say, are you making two gallons a year or 9,000 <laughs> a year?
0: Right, right. And so it's, it's self, just self, self-regulating, if you will, where you it's want to categorize yourself. Okay, very good. Yeah. What other categories had, in, in your opinion, because we're not going to cover them all, but what? other categories had notable winners in your opinion?
1: Um, I would say, uh, fruit co-fermented was really fun. Okay. So that's where instead of fermenting apple juice and then adding a fruit afterwards, um, that we call that post fermentation. And that's a lot of the fruit ciders on the market today. Um, you know, if it's pineapple cider or something, usually you've added pineapple juice after fermentation Mm -hmm. but co-ferments are really fun and we're seeing a lot of that in the like in the natural wine world um where you throw into the vat whether they're whole fruits like whole plums with apple juice or plum juice um we're seeing a lot more co-ferments and people having fun and it's also i would say can be trickier because the the fruits are going to ferment differently and Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of skill to do that well. Um, the winner of our co-fermented category is a, a newer cidery. They began, I believe, about a year and a half ago during the pandemic. They're called Victoria Cider Company in Victoria, Canada. And um, they made a quince cider. And quinces are really Interesting fruit, they're really old. A lot of folks, if I say quince, they're like, Oh, my grandma used to make you know, quince jam or something, right? Like, you don't see quinces a lot, but no. they're part of the palm fruit category of apples, pears, quinces. They're all kind of related, right? And if you look at a quince, they, they come in all shapes and sizes, but they look kind of like a fuzzy apple, they're like yeah. a peach does that kind of fuzz, right? Um, and they're Again, they're terrible for eating fresh. No one, you can't, I don't think it's possible. I mean, you, you're you not going to die, but it's like, it's so tannic and so acidic. <laughs> That's why grandma makes jam with it.
0: Right, right.
1: And when you cook it uh, and when you make that jam, it's this gorgeous pink color, um, even though it starts out yellow like an apple. And so you usually don't see um, a lot of quince added to cider because it's a very, very strong flavor. Um, but when it's added and done well, it's really beautiful. It's got these really great floral, citrusy, um, fruity notes that I love. Um, Puget Sound Cider took second um, in that. And they're I believe they're in Renton, so near Seattle. They're um, I love their story. They're, it's a husband-wife team, and they own an antique shop and then also make cider commercially on the side.
0: I saw something about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: And yes. they have been winning so many medals. They won so, so many medals. And this year, last year, I think they, they started only about three years ago and they won the best new cidery of that year. Um, they're very careful with their fermentations and um, very specific. And um, they won our best small cidery of the year this year. Again, they're incredible. Um, and they, they took second and third place in the co-ferments. They made a blackberry pear, and a wild blue huckleberry. Ooh. And I'm excited to try them. I haven't tried either of those bottles.
0: So they won best small, who won best medium and who won best large?
1: Yeah, Um. so Bauman's won the best medium and okay. they're in Oregon. And best large cidery went to Two Towns Cider House. They're also in Oregon. They're based okay. in Corvallis. This is
0: obviously rigged. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I would also be remiss to say um, when I said the best new cidery tied, we talked about empirical orchards, and that's empirical with a Y, E M P Y R I C A L. Right. Um, But they tied with a cidery that I think had their launch maybe two months ago, very new, called Heartland Cider Works in Oregon.
0: Okay, very cool. Well, that's so it went smooth, all things considered it went
1: very smooth um, folks were the the judges were very impressed with the caliber cider makers were incredibly honored by the medals that they got um and i highly recommend folks go to our web, website nw and check out the whole list because if you're looking for the next new cider or Uh, like a cool one to check out, or, you know, what is actually the best cider out there? And you want to try the um, glow made by Alpenfire, uh, and you want the details, it's all on our website. We have a tab at the top for winners this year and past years also. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's a really fun guide. And I would also say our Northwest Cider Club is going to have winning ciders in it in our last quarter box. So if you can't find, you know, so many of these ciders are kind of esoteric and hard to find and they sell out quickly, um you can order some of them to be shipped to your door. Uh we'll do the collation for you.
0: Let's 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 talk about your cider club because last time we talked about it and it was um it, it, and I I just don't want to assume that somebody's listened to that episode and listened to this episode because the yeah. cider club's very cool. So What, what's the, what's the backstory? Why did, why did the association get into, and I think I know the answer, but why did the cider association get into the north to create a cider club?
1: I think, you know, the answer because you listened to the podcast the last time. Good job.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I I was there.
1: (laughs) Um, so we started the Northwest Cider club in 2020 in, in may of 2020. Is when the idea came into my head, and so there was the the chaos, the shock of March, and I was like, "Oh my God, the world is ending." And then two months later, I was like, "Well, we're going to do something about it." And it, you know, that was the time when um, bottle shops were barely open and bars were closed, and you could you were like running into the grocery store with five minutes, and you wanted to get out as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. So, funny enough, that time sucked selling cider it was really hard for small family businesses to find people to buy their cider or Mm -hmm. or cider fans wanted to get good cider but they didn't have access you know they couldn't go to the cidery down the street because they were closed so we said what if we ship it to people's doors and we realized no one was collating multiple brands of cider together in a box at mm-hmm. that time, you know, you could do a cider club, one company at a time. Right. Um, but for those of us who like variety, there was nothing there. So we said, we'll do it. <laughs> Little did we know it's a freaking lot of work. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's hurting cats. You got to get all of these brands in a box and yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so we, we put six to 12 bottles in a box for you, or if you double up. Uh, on a box, you, you could potentially have, uh, t- 24 uh, math. Yeah. Uh, you could have more if you want to double up in a box, <laughs> um, and, and get the cider shipped to your door. It's quarterly. You can order one box. You could order, you could be on the subscription, mm-hmm. but really it gives you the chance to order not sweet cider. We, we guarantee it won't be cloying, won't be above 3% or three bricks, mm-hmm. um, but it's going to be cider. We've picked out that we say is good. It's not flawed. It's beautiful cider. It's coming from the Pacific Northwest and it's from makers who are part of the association and who play nice with others um, and make beautiful, interesting ciders. Each quarter, we pick a different theme. Mm-hmm. And that's why at the end of the year, this year, the theme is going to be winners of this competition. So now that we have the results, now it's our task to go track down who still has that product and how do we find it and
0: right. Um, can we? Well, you curating. The box. You're curating a box of, of, of We're of, curating. Of, yes. Well, because you can't, you know, go to your local Safeway and necessarily find Alpine Fire on the shelf. You can't.
1: You can't. No, they barely you, distribute. You right.
0: You can't go yeah. to your local Safeway and find. Um, a lot, the vast majority of these, of these products, the, the, I probably say 80 plus percent, you can't find it a Safeway Probably When I think of my Safeway here in Wenatchee, what do I see? I see Seattle and, and no, just no, no disparagement here. I see
1: you to manage distribution at a large scale, get into a company like Safeway. You've, you've gotta be big. And yeah, so our smallest guys can't do that
0: no and 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 then how do they grow it's the whole chicken and egg thing how do you how do you get your cider out if you make a beautiful product and this would be any product right but we're talking cider so so if you're you're making these beautiful ciders that if people had the ability to try them would go i want this versus something else um but if you can't Get in front of people. I, it's one of the things I, I'm noticing that the the various tap rooms that are starting to to expand their cider um, mm-hmm. choices. Mm-hmm. We're seeing yeah. things. It used to be if you went to a, a you know a bar a, you know if you wanted a cider you were probably getting Angry Orchard. That was and you're probably getting yeah. in a bottle. That yeah, was probably totally. probably your choice.
1: And now Northwest cider locally made brands are outselling Angry Orchard here Mm -hmm. locally by double. We're the Mm -hmm. only place in the country that's doing that. Right. Places in the rest of the country, you're still seeing Angry Orchard first. And
0: more and more, um, more and more, it's, it's becoming easier, but it's still not, what I'm noticing is it's, you know, I'm just arbitrarily saying Safeway, but Safeway, your choices are really, if you're going local, it's, it's, it's Seattle cider Mm -hmm. Schilling. Two towns, um, two towns, yeah.
1: Um, incline maybe. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I don't know that I've noticed incline, but that doesn't mean something. you are not getting
1: not that side of the the mountains. I don't yeah, know.
0: I don't know. I just you know, I'm just thinking those are kind of my choices, and those are all fine. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying you know because my like I told you I don't know if this was off record. You know, I've been drinking. I've been drinking. I've been drinking the imperial um excelsior from Schilling. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I, yeah it's a very tasty you know drink um, yeah
1: and we we don't disparage those brands we love them some yeah. of those folks are on my board of directors Yeah, those will go into the boxes also but usually yeah. we pick uh varieties that they make that are harder to find because right. we don't want to ship you something that you can easily get at safeway and not have to pay shipping so,
0: so i love the fact I, I think this this whole curation and it does two things. A, I think it helps the the cider enthusiast be exposed to things that they're not going to find their local, local establishments. It also helps the Northwest Cider Association members get their product in front of enthusiasts that they're not getting it in front of. Mm-hmm. And if I tried Glow and I really liked it, I could reach out to Fire if they had it, you know, product and order it from them directly. But I wouldn't have necessarily tried that without being able to sample it first so i think it's a win i think it's a win for everybody
1: yeah it's absolutely it's a great win um other than for our staff who pull their hair out each quarter putting the box together um, mm. but they're very patient about it and it's it's really fun right. um, and it, it's you know it really is the, the easiest way of trying a lot of different ciders yeah. without yeah. a road trip to a lot of these cideries that don't really have distribution but I would say this summer, if you want a road trip or you're already on a road trip, we do have a map of all our ciders, ciders. It, it's on our website, again, nwcider.com map. And it's part of the Google platform and you can create your own, you know, route. You know, if mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I'm driving to Port Townsend, uh, I'm going to add Fire to our trip and you can see where they are.
0: Right. No, fun. that's the map is wonderful. So as we wrap this up, what didn't I ask you that I should have? <laughs>
1: um, gosh, we covered a lot of ground in in an hour. Uh, I would say, um, what didn't you ask that you should have? I would say, you know, going to see cideries. I would I would just talk that up because going to see the place where cider is made, you usually meet the owners and the people because mm-hmm. these cideries are so small. You know, they really are usually husband-wife team, you know, or father and son or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have an orchard or maybe they're in an urban area. You know, next time you're in Seattle, go to a tasting room. It is so fun. And cider is really changing quickly. Um, you get more of the story when you're actually there and you get to try things that you didn't know they were making. You know, last time I went to Yonder's tap room, for example, Yonder is made in Wenatchee, but they have this cool tap room they share with Bailbreaker in Seattle. And it is rad. And mm-hmm. I am in the industry. I taste it all the time. I tried a lot of their stuff, but when I was at the tap room, There's all sorts of product. I never, I never knew they were making, and it was Mm -hmm. really fun. Um, They were making a pomo. I was like, Oh my God, I didn't know you guys do this. So um, I, I would really encourage you. It's fun and you get more of the story and you really get to, if you're at a farm too, there's something about being on farms. I mean, I'm talking to you in Wenatchee, but it's just, I live in the city and it makes my heart sing. It is just so beautiful. And sitting in an orchard, whether it's this summer or this fall when the apples are ripe, God, it will it will be good for your soul.
0: Absolutely. So last time I ended the show a little differently than I do now. So okay. we're gonna end on this question. This is the most important question I've asked you all day. It's vitally important.
1: <laughs> Drum roll.
0: Cake or pie and why?
1: Oh, pie, hundred um, percent. Well my work answer is you can put apples in it
0: right right, okay
1: but uh no actually i i love making pie okay. um there's something about using the fruits that are ripe right now or not you know maybe fruits that i picked and then i froze myself mm-hmm. i'm not kind of food nerd um it is so satisfying and so much tastier I wanted pie at our wedding and my husband wanted cake. So we went with cheesecake, which is fine. That was a nice compromise, but compromise. pie is my favorite all time favorite dessert.
0: Right. Well, Emily, thank you for playing along with my anti Washington gags. Now in all seriousness, the, the <laughs> region, the whole Pacific Northwest region, uh, we're really lucky. There's so much to do in Washington, but you know, Oregon too. And, uh, in Idaho <laughs> and British Columbia you know we've got all this we're just really lucky and i don't know if we really i think we take it for granted not intentionally i just think you you know you know i used to live on the west side of the state. you know i saw mount rainier every day and you know just yeah it's there and really no that's a spectacular thing and every every area has something not like mount rainier but some iconic thing that you are really lucky to have we really are lucky um Mm -hmm. And and we get great products from this region. Uh, There's been, you know, amazing creativity out of the Pacific Northwest. So I'm real, you know, really thrilled. I just, my specialty is Washington. So, Um, yeah. Thank you.
1: It's good to have your own specialty. And I I agree. We're very lucky. This area is so beautiful. And um, it's, I love road trips because that really opens your eye to. Right to that change and and i always love coming home too and being like oh God, i live exactly. in a great place and I just saw an awesome place
0: exactly so well thank you so much for being on
1: thanks for having me
0: hope you enjoyed the show you can reach me on twitter at explore Wah state i'd love to hear your comments you can also visit our website at explorewashingtonstate.com if you know anyone who would like the show it'd be amazing to share the show with them This is the biggest way that we grow this show. Good old word of mouth. Glad you were here with me today. And I hope to have you listening to the next episode. See you then.